This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Oh, my goal! My goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! JR here. We're giving Rich Pullen a much needed day off because I think that you might have heard on the last pod on the presser that he was going to go to a gig tonight. Well, further evidence, I think, that this fixture is cursed. You remember, of course, that tonight's fixture is the rearranged game from the opening day of the season where for the first time a game was cancelled due to inclement weather. As it happens, the band that poor Rich was planning on seeing has suffered some vehicular issues and Thus, the gig was cancelled. Unfortunately for the rest of us, uh, this fixture is not cursed enough to have any more cancellations. But by God, I was crying out for a vehicle failure or some weather uh, admonishments. But one man who was there today, uh, the intrepid and very busy this week, Terry, has stopped by to leave us his thoughts. Good evening from LS Pods, East of England correspondent. Uh, dialing in live at 21.52 from the Park and Ride in Colchester. And what a sight it is. Uh, where do we start with that one? Uh, first off, massive, massive congratulations to Fletcher Hubbard for making his Football League debut. Not many boys get to do that and get to come through the ranks and get to get to wear, wear that shirt in a first-team game. And I'm sure him and his family are super proud tonight, so fair play to them for that. Um, and obviously none of what I'm going to say next is a criticism of him at all. But leaving that ground tonight, a ground that at best had two and a half, three thousand in, I've not seen the official attendance. And you look around and you look how Colgue have changed that game from the bench with some active management and some decent, experienced, dangerous first team pros off the bench. And it just doesn't add up. It does not add up at all. And um, it feels like this season now is unravelling really, really quickly. uh, Spiralling into a November of really tricky matches. With a squad that looks bereft of energy, of fight, of depth. And... um, yeah, it's 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 not fun. It wasn't fun out there tonight. Uh, first twenty minutes, it, it felt like an FA 
youth cup game. It was bizarrely quiet. As I said, be surprised if there was three thousand there. Super quiet, low intensity. It's very slowly but surely we found a footing in the game. And first half we edged it, but be, but don't you know? Don't make any mistake. It's 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 the best. It 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 we were the better of two poor teams. Uh, and second half we just. We just can't deal with clubs who have the ability to bring players off the bench. They can freshen it up with energy, with power, with pace, with dynamism. All the things we lack. Um, And that's hard to take. That's hard to take when you look around the stadium and you think, how are we not competing? How are we not competing? I'll let Dan go into the detail and nitty-gritty with his notes, especially given I couldn't see most of the talking points from the away end. Uh, from 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 my vantage point, I'd say Jake, uh, Jake Young was, was man of the match for us. The only one, really, I think, who looked a consistent threat, took his goal really well. Um, probably a seven in a sea of fours and fives, if I'm honest. And yeah, I don't, I don't know where we go from here. I really, really don't know where we go from here. Um, one final comment, a bit of a bit of a hand grenade, I suppose, more than anything else for the for the lads to chew over. Um, Charlie Austin, so ineffective, so ineffective again tonight. Uh, had one good chance in the first half, which he missed, and other than that, he's just not in the game. He looks forlorn. He looks tired. He's not. He doesn't look like he's enjoying it. And I feel for him. I feel for a lot of the boys out there. I can't imagine Charlie Austin wants to be playing 100 minutes twice a week. I can't imagine we planned on him playing 100 minutes twice a week, and yet we're asking him to do that time and time again. And it's having an impact on 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 all of the players. Um, I think early season form for a lot of individuals has really dropped off. Dokes, another one tonight, probably had his poorest game in a red shirt. Um, was absolutely ragdolled by Tavide first half. Um, Brew it back to back to where he was last year, unfortunately. And it's just how much more can we keep pushing this group of twelve or thirteen players, and uh, alongside sacrificing the development of, of, of the kids by having them knocking around instead of getting out on loan. So super super concerning. Um, I'll let you guys jump into the into the bones of it, and uh, look forward to listening to one morning. All right, stay safe. Chat to you all soon. Thank you very much, Terry, for those uh, insightful words. I think you're really capturing the the mood there. And to join me, someone who else has watched watched from home, he's already had about three or four sides off mic. It could only be. It's Dan Hunt, ladies and gents. <laughs> Just getting warmed up off mic. Hey, <laughs> Hello, JR. Um, yeah, so good pod depth. This week, uh, Terry out, Dan Hunt in, Rich pulling out, JR into host. Uh, we are using the squad effectively. We're stopping burnout and we're making sure we freshen things up for the listeners. So, yeah, no no flagging in the second half of this pod. Definitely not. And you know that Rich will only bring the right people in if, you know, if they're absolutely necessary. We've not got to the point where our children are having to fill in. Uh, on the pod uh, now, can we can we peek a bit behind the curtain because I arranged with you to record this uh, on the whistle yesterday, knowing that the Tuesday night dads club would be in full effect, and I think that we both kind of had that pessimistic vibe about tonight. So I wasn't going to wait for you know Terry to be home and do a Wednesday record. I wanted this. I wanted this done and out the way. And it turns out, I think that we were right to think so, weren't we? Oh, lordy, lord. Well, at, at the very least, I watched the game in pyjamas and slippers tonight, which was nice. Um, I have a bad habit, despite being a grown man, of putting on a swimming shirt to watch him on a Tuesday night on iFollow. Um, but yeah, tonight I went slippers and pyjamas made absolutely zero difference. Um, but talking of the uh, LS pod youth squad, uh, my eldest watched the first half with me. Um Went to bed and is now in the land of dreams. Still thinking about us being 1-0 up at halftime and looking fairly comfortable. So I'm going to have to break that news over his fruit toast uh, and a smoothie in the morning. That's in fact, 
capitulated in the second half and uh, have lost their seventh game in the last nine in all competitions. Do you not Five want defeats to... in the last seven league games? The sobering stuff. Is it not tempting to go like a uh, Brazil North Korea and just just count that first goal and say, "Yep, yeah, that was that was it. That's all you need to know." No, but he's got wall charts, Jr. And I'm a stickler for historical accuracy um, Is... and keeping receipts. Um, something which helps keep what well, helps this podcast uh, keep the Sun in Town administration in check. Also, so now we mustn't lose. We mustn't lose the receipts. Mustn't lose the accuracy. Uh, no. He's going to have to learn for the rest of his life. Uh, being a Swindon Town fan tends to be a bit on the grim side, but we'll call it character building, eh? Yeah, let's 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 go with that. And it's our it's our duty as a matter of record to comb over this thing. It was uh, the postponed visit to the Jobserve Stadium, Colchester United missed out on the face off with. Ben Garner, which would have been absolutely box office. I think we're all relishing uh, seeing him again. Missed out on having Ellis Andlow play as well, but we did have Manny Egbo today. Uh, and there's just been a feeling every time this fixture comes up, especially especially in, in more recent years, it's it's not been a, a good place for us to go traditionally. Um, they're on the downturn. I think lots of us were eyeing this one up to think that this might be a a bit of a boost. Well, if you fast forward back to last Friday, I think you would have thought you'd have back-to-back wins to uh, really propel into, into Saturday, but it seems that fate had slightly different plans. We were going a little bit more familiar today, weren't we? We were back into the, uh, back into the groove of the familiar formation after tinkering of the last time, so we had Mahoney in goal. That familiar centre back trio. So you had uh, Godwin Malife, Bruitt, and Blake Tracy, Hutton and Shade at the wing back positions. Uh, Kinsella coming in for the defensive midfielder role in for suspended Khan. McEachran and Kemp in the midfield. And up front, you had Austin and Young coming in for Minturn. I think that was pretty much how we were expecting it to look. I think. Google were trying to anticipate that um, Ellis Andlow would be playing and that Jake Wakeling would be back on a mysterious loan. So <laughs> apart from that, there's not really a lot to choose from, is there? No, and I was at least pleased to see everybody back in their familiar positions. I think that's something we suffered from, certainly at Milton Keynes, and I spoke about that on the, the post-match podcast, and definitely in those early passages against Oldershot where... Our chaps were still trying to work it out. Uh, Hutton up left wing back where he hasn't played all year. Godwin Malife at right wing back where he hadn't played all season. Minton slotting in next to Brewitt, who still looked concussed. And uh, Blake Tracy, he was caught a bit high at the pitch for that first total shot. It was just a mess, wasn't it? And um, yeah, at least today they were in the right spots. And as the first half played out, you know, things looked pretty controlled. It looked like Swindon had taken their medicine after the old shot defeat, had gathered themselves, clearly had a bit of soul-searching and a bit of rollicking from Flynn. And, yeah, on the whole, first half looked like good old Swindon under Flynn. Controlled, slightly more refined, not all-out football and reckless, but, yeah, just... You know, measured. Did get that sinking feeling early on, and then it. Is it fair to say that first fifteen twenty minutes just kind of felt quite quite jittery and anxious from both teams? Yeah, I, I don't think the pitch helped in that regard. It, it looked quite heavy, quite wet. A few players slipping. There was a sort of Bruit slip and miscontrol early doors, which nearly let Colchester in down the left and came to nothing. But yeah, I mean, really, the game didn't kick into life probably until about 20, 21 minutes with the the fantastic chance for Charlie Austin. Um, Before that, you know, there'd been a a couple of promising attacks on both sides, a a Hutton left foot shot over the bar from 20 yards on about seven or eight minutes. Um, But yeah, it 
from about 20 minutes onwards, Swindon were pretty good for most of the rest of the half. Um, and once again, I find myself feeling sad. You know, fantastic right wing cross from Hutton on his left foot. Austin between defenders, unmarked, seven or eight yards out. For all the world, you'd just expect him to head it into the back post in the trademark Austin way. And he missed by a couple of yards, actually. It was, it was a really, you know, up there with the, the sort of tap in he missed at Bradford and how ineffectual he looked for, for 91, 92 minutes against older shot. It's, yeah, we're not used to seeing him miss. And here no. he is again, missing a fantastic chance. I mean, Hutton, what a cross on his left foot. It was perfect. It, on, was, it was absolutely, sorry, I was saying absolutely superb. <laughs> yes, but I, I was listening to the, the commentary with Andrew Hall saying that it was just wide. I was thinking, was it really? Perhaps from his vantage point in the, uh, in the commentary booth, it looked just wide, but it really did look like quite a, Poor miss, really. Certainly by his standards, in that you know you'd usually think that kind of cross meeting Charlie Austin's head that it's at least forcing a save. But yeah, that's that's just... that's fine, isn't it? When we're getting to the stage where we're making chances, that's just something to to clock up. And we didn't we didn't have long after that before managed to open the scoring. And I'm sure you're going to like to take me through that again. Yeah, yeah. So um, happily, we didn't have too long to dwell. On the on the Austin miss, um, I think they were still showing replays of the the Austin header going wide when it cut back to the action with Blake Tracy on the ball um, just over the halfway line. Lovely uh, crisp pass into Young's feet, uh, a nice shimmy from his right foot to his left, and uh, an expert finish low into the the opposite corner. So yeah, quick as a flash, pass, touch, shot, goal. Um, and happily, despite how the second half went, at least today you saw Jake Young coming back in after being cup-tied for the older shot game. There was a bit of freshness in Young. Uh, very good first-half performance. Faded for me in the second half. Uh, one chance he should have done better with in the second half, actually, which we'll get on to later. But, um, yeah, Young looked really sharp. Um, this is the 11th goal of the season I, I, I just find it absolutely maddening we sat here played 16 1-6 lost 5 but you've got Kemp in attacking midfield on 10 goals Jake Young on 11 goals Austin on 6 Hepburn Murphy on 4 like that front 3 or 4 players scoring that amount of goals Swindon should be at least another seven or eight points on. Um, and I think, you know, when we look back uh, at the history of this season, those away points thrown away at Wrexham, the failure to beat Doncaster against 10 men, the points dropped then at Morecambe and Salford, they are really starting to sting. Because if those points have been picked up, this blip we're currently in, you'd be a little bit more insulated from. But actually, you now look at that league record and what's to come in the shape of Notts County, uh, Stockport County on Saturday. I am feeling confident, JL. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty grim. And the thing that underwrites all of this is just how small the squad is, how tired they look. The lack of options off the bench again. I mean, what do you want me to say, listeners? I've covered this off extensively on multiple podcasts. I feel absolutely exasperated by it. Previously, I've been angry, but now I'm just feeling really despondent of it. Because it is such a long time until January where this current regime won't do a, won't do a damn thing about it anyway. And actually potentially losing Kemp and Young on top of the dire state of the squad as it is. This season's absolutely going nowhere. 
or put it another way, if Flynn turns it round before January, he's one heck of a manager. Because right now, it's too much of a stretch for a, a good, experienced League Two manager to get a tune out of this squad. What do you think, JL? I'm thinking that I was asking you to just uh, walk me through that wonderful uh, young, Jake Young goal, and, and that's 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 what's <laughs> that's what's come out. This side has broken, Dan Hunt, ladies and gents. Yeah. That, the highlight uh, of the game. That's 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 what's that's what's come out, and I think that is the the despondent feeling because, yeah, you know there was there was more chances coming out of that second half. A lovely shot from. Young about ten minutes later on, mm. yeah. But there were some silly mistakes, and the sort of mistakes like you say that that come from. Either there was a foul from Kemp where it's really invite the pressure, like right on the edge of the box, and that just for someone of his, you know, of his quality, that only really speaks to someone who's who's shattered to me to make such a crazy yeah. decision. So it was. Yeah. And yeah. well, I think that the Kemp booking you're referring to um, was kind of a good job. He did bring him down because he was about to go inside the box to the byline. So, yeah, fairly smart foul to one for the team. Um, but yeah, let, let's try and bring you a bit more positivity from the first half. Sorry, listeners, for bringing it down. But There's I am plenty more sad. negativity to be had in the second. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah. So I can offer you 33 minutes on the clock. Uh, some really good strong play from Austin on the right halfway line, bumping someone off the ball, then playing in Young on the right. And if Young had just managed to get his square ball across the Kemp, yeah, that would have been a nailed on 2-0 there and then. Um, Kemp from 10 yards out, middle of the goal with just the keeper to beat. But yeah, unfortunately for Young, he just, just held on to the ball a bit long and couldn't quite thread that pass through the Colchester defenders desperately getting back. Um, you then had um, 37 minutes of flurry, flurry of chances. A shade shot blocked from the left edge of the box, hit a defender's head. Um, passage or two later, a really lovely young shot from distance on the half volley, which kind of the keeper just reaction saved. Um the following corner, you had a bit of a tangle between Tavide and Austin. Uh, both men got a stern talking to. Um, but I think a corner after that, Kemp left-wing corner swept over by Bruitt coming to the near post. Nice little rehearsed piece. But yeah, I mean, certainly, I think with the chances there, probably Swindon have really missed a trick by not not going 2-0 up whilst they're on top in the game. Um, the sort of first half petered out a bit. Kinsella took a smart booking um, to stop a, a counter-attack. He was actually making up for a misplaced pass of his out to the right. Um, and yeah, the, the Colchester team were booed off at half-time. Audible boos, which given there was only... Well, it couldn't have been more than two and a half thousand people in the ground. It was a, a fair effort. And they were not happy. The natives were a bit restless. And um, Swindon went in very good value for the 1 0 lead. I didn't realise until the cameras had panned around, they're all kind of hidden in the in the top tier, aren't they, of the concourse? I thought there was hardly anybody there. But yeah, they got a a frosty, a frosty reception. And I was saying, I was, I was kind of figuring out a running order of things that we would talk about and how we would digest that half. And, you know, that, that malaise that's that's come out there basically comes from what follows in the in the second half. The start of which, of course, we all got to miss because uh, EFLI followed this one <laughs> to just yes. show us the halftime stats until a good, a good about two minutes in. And then, I don't know, when the screen cleared and... Uh, we could see the game. I kind of wish that uh, <laughs> wish that those yeah. stats were still circling around. Yes, it's um. So I suspect, like me, Jr., you were listening to the Colchester commentary. Uh, um, no, I had Andrew Hawes. Oh, you did have Andrew yeah. Hawes. I had um. I had a sort of Geordie sounding chap 
uh, backed up by an Essex geezer as on Cocoms. Um, and yeah, they made reference uh, very early on in the second half to Matthew Evington, the caretaker Swindon Slayer. Second time now, um, he's beaten Swindon Town uh, once with Crawley last year and uh, now today. Um, yeah, they switched the four the wing backs. Fevrier went from right to left, and Greenwich from uh, the other way around, <laughs> of course. Um, and yeah, it seemed to do the trick almost in- instantly. Where um, Fevrier, sort of tricky left-footed uh, wing back, was now up against Tyree Shade on the Swindon Town left. Um, they worked to throw in well. Fevrier. Turned shade, shade frustratingly turned his back a little bit, and a wicked cross from the right by Fevrier, which, given he's a left pegger, was on his uh, wrong foot, uh, right across the face of goal, and in came the bundling McGeehan, one of their centre midfielders. I'm not sure if he got the last touch or if some people have been crediting it, crediting it as a, a conciliar own goal as he tried to get in the way and stop it from going in but you know a lot of that first half good work undone Colchester didn't really have to do much to score there beating Shade on our left putting a cross in and there you go it was 1-1 um, and yeah that's sort of the bad start to that half continued um, give away a soft free kick Arthur Reed when their midfielders curled a a free kick well over. Um, and I suppose the, the key bit came next. Um, 58 minutes on the clock. Um, young, very nice back heel out to Shade on the left wing. Shade then beat his man, all ends up, put a left wing cross in for Young at the near post. And Young, I don't know if he went with the incorrect foot, but he kind of right-footed, towed it wide of the back post. And it was a really good chance. Um, and, you know, given the, the finishing prowess Young had showed in the first half, I think uh, I think Swindon needed that to go in to re-establish the lead. But, um, yeah, what came almost directly after that was a real mess, uh, indicative of how the, the rest of the half would play out for Swindon. Um, again, whilst um, I follow was showing us a replay of something, quickly flashback to the action. Mahoney Brewitt had made a bit of a mess of a, a short goal kick. Brewitt played a hospital pass into Kinsella on the edge of the box. Kinsella got caught, looked like obstruction as he kind of laid over the top of the ball. I think Brewitt kicked him in the head, which ultimately was quite lucky because... Um, the ref ended up stopping play for Kinsella having a head injury. The sort of drop ball, McGeehan dragged his, his shot wide, but it was just a real mess. Uh, as Colchester were getting a bit smarter to us, playing out from the back, pressing a little bit higher. You know, sometimes you've got to be smart to that, Swindon. Take a slightly different route out every now and again just to mix it up. And yeah, sure enough, three minutes later, um, so you had Kinsella, who I think was still off the field, having received treatment uh, after being down a long time from that previous move, um, which left a, a massive gap in midfield as the ball sort of turned over uh, with Swindon in attack. One simple ball forward led to a, a Colchester United break. Um, and yeah, left wing cross from Greenwich to Tavide, who swept home. And... Again, it just felt like a real mess from a Swindon Town point of view. You've got Kinsella off the pitch. So, of course, somebody should be filling in in centre midfield. It just looked like they didn't. Because one cleared ball over the top had Colchester running with men on against our our back three. And sure enough, it was punished. Two under Colchester and... um, yeah, at this point, I was feeling particularly glum. You can actually see right of shot, Kinsella desperately running back on, trying to get back. But, um, yeah, what what did you make of that goal, Jay? It, it 
that four or five minutes there just looked a complete mess from Swindon Town. Uh, the players on the pitch kind of having to take responsibility there. Some really poor decision making. And, you know, if you've got a player off the pitch, you need some captains, you need some experience to say, well, someone's got to fill in there. It was it was an utterly peculiar uh, five minutes period. I mean that 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 opening goal, like you say, it just all seemed far too far too easy for them to just kind of stroll it in. But all of that stuff going on in the box with you know Kinsella getting hit on the head and you know, people trying to lie on the ball and you think back to I mean yesterday was a famous example of you know everybody watching Tottenham Chelsea and all of the crazy decisions that are left to VAR and things like that, that there's a kind of situation that could have, well, I say it could have gone badly for, for town. The game played out as it did and that would seem to go badly enough for us, but it was, we're already on thin ice uh, with Kemp and Kinsella booked. Um, but even losing him for his, you know, his con- concussion protocol just left us short and light and, I don't. I just don't understand how we can play like that. Really, so it's a it's a loss to me. One thing I'm not against, actually, in in football, maybe we'll see this in the future. You know, if someone has got to go off with a head injury like that, like they do in rugby, you should be able to bring on a, a substitute midfielder for three or four minutes while you assess that player. Um, seems quite short sighted. Yeah, I think so. If, if we're going to take the idea is, and what we want to do is, we want to encourage clubs to actually take concussion protocols seriously, and we want people mm-hmm. to get checked yeah. over. So it doesn't make sense to say you're going to be at a detriment by being a man down while somebody is checking you. I think that would be a, a sensible thing. That's probably why it take a good five or ten years to to happen. When it yeah. happens to um, to a top four Premier League team, then then we'll see a change. <laughs> well, yes. Let's, uh, well, let's let's not hope for someone's brain that happens soon. But for the rest of football, let's let's hope that that might see sense in the uh, near future. But actually, I thought Jr. Um, Colchester going two one up. It actually led to quite a good reaction from the the Sunderland players on the pitch. We then had a sort of ten or fifteen minutes where we did quite a lot of good stuff. Uh, Colchester. I, a mixture of Colchester sitting off and Swindon getting their act together in this half. Um, so 64 minute mark, uh, a Hutton ball down the right for Young in the channel. Um, when Young looked up, he had very few options uh, up in support of him. So we had to take the shot, which the keeper parried at the near post for a corner. We then made the subs, uh, 68 minutes, Austin off, Hepburn Murphy on. Kinsella off, Min turn on. This saw Godwin Malife move into midfield. Minton filled in at right centre back. And actually, Godwin Malife in midfield was really good. Um, probably our best player from that point on. Um, so in this supremely thin squad that we have, I think Godwin Malife has given a little audition tonight that he can play. Um, as one of those two sort of sitting midfielders, if you know the ongoing injuries to to Kane, um, uh, Khan obviously suspended tonight. kinsella uh, has gone off by the look of it a bit dizzy. So, yeah, who knows? We might we might need to utilise that option again. Um, yeah, we then had um, just to really rub it in, seventy one minutes a Colchester United triple sub, and. It, again, had me looking on enviously, much like I did at MK Dons, when you see the options on uh, other teams' benches. So on came uh, one experienced striker, Tom Hopper, um, quite a good attacking midfielder, uh, Noah Chilvers, who obviously went on to get the third goal, sort of lower league Grealish lookalike, um, and another kind of large target man in um, Hyon Vienne, is it? Um, so yeah, I mean, the sort of options which Swindon Town would have loved to have had on the bench today. Um, off went Mingi, who I thought had quite a good game for Colchester in midfield. Gave them a lot of drive, a lot of physicality um, from the centre of the pitch. Tavide, who had been a real handful up front, um, 
you know, it's not often you see an opposition forward give Godwin Malife such a tough time physically, um, you know, bumping around. Um, yeah, and of course, Tavide got his goal as well. Um, but yeah, a couple of chances after that. Um, 75 minutes, Kemp, right edge of the box, uh, about 19 or 20 yards out, flashed a shot just wide of the back post. He had... Hutton on his right might have been a better option. Um, he then had quite a nice piece of interplay between Brewitt and Hepburn Murphy on the 78th minute, got Hepburn Murphy in behind. And at this point, you just expected Hepburn Murphy to stride on, uh, leave, the, the, leave the defender for dead. But his control, his touch slightly let him down. The defender got back. A sort of sliding tackle from behind, which you know if he'd got wrong, you're looking at sort of penalties and possible red cards, but oh Hepburn Murphy, he's a frustrating one, isn't he? Um, he's such a good chance is. to sprint clear <laughs> and go one on one with the keeper and he's he's cocked it up, let's be honest. Um some good tracking back by the defender, but you know, you ain't gonna get a better chance than that. Yeah. You know, your centre forward striding clear in front of the away fans and uh, yeah. Kind of some it's a microcosm of Hepburn Murphy, you know. Much of the build-up play is very good. He's got electric pace. Um, he's got a few teammates that can find him, but yeah, just that composure in front of goal lets him down, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. So from there, I can't think Swindon made much of an impact in front of goal as things got a bit stretched. It actually started looking more likely that Colchester would get the third on the break. Um, Arthur Reed had a right foot shot curled wide at the back post. Um, so I'm just turning the page here, JR. I want to give you, uh, want to give you the facts. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, there was another frustrating one. Very good right wing cross from Hutton, 87-88-ish. Um bodies piling in at the back post. You're just looking for someone to nod it home, bundle it home. Uh, I'm sure it was a Colchester defender that put it wide at the back post. It was given as a goal kick, which is enormously frustrating at the time. But again, the amount of fantastic crosses Hutton puts in over 90 minutes, we we, we really don't capitalise. He must be a frustrated right wing back. Uh, and then, of course... Desperation sub, young Fletcher Hubbard came on from a Ketkrin. A couple of nice touches, actually. Got a bit involved, but the five minutes of stoppage time really petered out from a Swindon Town perspective. And sure enough, Colchester got the uh, the sucker punch goal on the break. Brewer and Minton sat a bit high at the pitch as Swindon went looking to win the ball back and start another attack. One little layoff from, I think it was a high on VN. And Chilvers sprinted away with a nice cool finish past Mahoney and just that very dejected, deflating feeling in my front room as we've managed to lose that game 3-1 to, you know, a poor Colchester side, let's be honest, who improved after the break and Swindon shot themselves in the foot, capitulated, tired, call it what you want. I'm sick of talking about it. Um, You'd talk about a little, a little more, <laughs> <laughs> at least for the sake I mean, of this episode. One, once again, there's nothing on Fletcher Hubbard. You know, he's a promising attacking midfielder in the youth team. Had a good game against Old Shot Under 18s in the FA Youth Cup first round that I watched last week. But you look through the rest of that bench. I mean, even the fact that you've had to bring a 19-year-old defender on so that Godwin Malife, a career right-back, comes centre-half, has to move up into midfield. It's just... It's embarrassing, frankly, that the, these are the options. We don't we don't have that many people injured, JR. I think, obviously, today it was Khan suspended, a Wackway Kane, Ben Ward and Devine injured, but Divine, frankly, has never been available since he's been here, so I'm not going to count that one. 
I can um, I can ease that for you though, Dan, by saying that we don't have enough people. Full stop. Well, so it, that's... It's, yeah, full stop. <laughs> and I don't know what more I can say. It's not going to change. If they were going to bring in free signings, they would have brought in free signings. Would cash it change? Flow, cash flow is clearly a huge issue. We've seen another raft of kit get massively reduced today, which is just so telling, isn't it? Um, just a kind gesture before Christmas, Dan. Well, I'm sorry, but sort of business 101, if you go to New College on Queen's Drive, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, probably your best time to sell Christmas jumpers is in advance of Christmas. <laughs> oh, anyway, again, it's another symptom of the wider problem, which Terry and Rich did a fantastic job talking about on a couple of podcasts over the weekend. Um, but it's just, it's, I am feeling really despondent with it. Um, what What's the league table going to look like? when we get to the start of January and we have a chance to do something. You know, if the, if there are takeovers afoot, fantastic news. I'm delighted if there is a credible new ownership in town because we need to be rid of this malaise currently where the owner is trying to put up a front that the club isn't for sale. Uh, and yeah, I, oh God, I, I don't even want to go there, JR. It's just, I find it utterly frustrating and depressing, isn't it? But Dan, the thing is, right, my teams tend to always bounce back. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the Chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. So there you go. There's that. Would you like to know what Mr. Flynn said about tonight? Oh, with that please. Up? Come on. I'm not sure okay. if he's cheering up or not, but here we go. As ever, these always courtesy of uh, Noble Heroes on Town M Forum. He likes to give us the uh, the the bullet notes for them. Uh, Flynn was saying that we're too easy to store, score against. We need to be better. Missed some chances. That's an understatement there. Need to be better in both boxes. Um, had good energy, pressed as a team, got the goal, could have had a couple more. In the second half, we dropped off. We went too deep and were poor. But everyone is determined to do well for the football club. Going through a sticky patch and need to stick together. The effort and commitment was there, but it wasn't good enough as a team. And just like with the the four goals on Saturday, there's no scar tissue from Saturday. Just look at the first half for your reassurance from that. We can't justify Saturday. That's done. Lost tonight as we stopped in the second half what we were doing in the first half. Missed Khan tonight. 
Game management, again, is the thing. Decision-making wasn't great second half. Uh, people will be singling out Jake Young today, but he's not interested in individuals, wants to see the team do well. Um, for Fletcher Hubbard, he's saying, we've been on the bench, we were going for the game, and they wouldn't know anything about him, so that's why they chose him. It did strike some concern in that when Andrew Horse is describing him as a very little figure before he goes on, and I was thinking of uh, Mighty Max, um, and he certainly was diminutive, and I'm not sure, I think I agree with you that I'm not sure that's really um, the integration, or that really counts as development, just chucking players like that in there, but okay. The third goal came because we're gung-ho. Here's some good news for you, Dan. Tom Clayton, out for six to eight weeks with his hamstring. Poor Tom Clayton. Well, you'll have noted the squad is getting thinner, and I can sense that concern. He's saying nothing's going to change, but don't worry. Michael Flynn's been looking at that free agent market, but you're going to have to ask yourself, how long is it going to take them to get up to speed? Uh, oh, my word. So they've stayed as a unit. They've had some home truths at the weekend. they come up with better determination and intensity. But Flynn wants you to know that he's hurting again. Does that make you feel any better? Hmm. Well, I suppose a, a reasonable point in conversation here, JR, is... How much blame can we start apportioning to Michael Flynn as the manager? Because are you still inclined to think the problems are well above him? And about four or five weeks ago, those problems, which he had done well to fend off in the early parts of the season when we were kind of playing Saturday to Saturday, those problems have now not just seeped down, but are just Flynn and the squad are now drowning in those in those problems. Um, so his comments there about second half dropping off, getting too deep. My question would be why? Um, you know, as a manager, you've got a chance to correct that, and you know, your captains on the pitch have got a chance to give people a shake-up on the pitch and, and try and correct that. He talks about a sticky patch there. You know, some of the figures we mentioned earlier, five league defeats in the last seven, seven losses in the last nine in all competitions. We're out of every cup in November. Ooh, the Fletcher Hebbard stuff, don't be sucked in by his diminutive size. You know, I'm sure when Dan Kemp was 17, he looked similarly dwarfed. Um, people do grow, and he is a talented footballer. But yeah, I mean, if if Tom Clayton's out for another six to eight weeks, A, that's dreadful for Tom Clayton as a young professional. B... Again, it's more it's more chickens coming home to roost um, for Swindon Town because here we are. You know, we've got to put a squad out on Saturday yet. Yeah? Um, you've still got like Tracy and Hutton like expertly skating on thin ice and still not falling through that ice. They're still on four yellows each. Well done, gentlemen. But should they each pick up a yellow card against Stockport on Saturday. You're then going into a game at Harrogate without Blake Tracy and or Hutton because they'll have a one-match ban. Without Khan, who's away on international duty, and without Shade, away on international duty. That Harrogate fixture (laughs) might just literally be an 11 on the pitch and the youth team on the bench. And what you're actually doing when, when you have to call the youth team onto the bench on a Saturday, you are hampering their development. They should be having a game that kicks off at 11am um, against a, another under-18 side. So think of Miles Abodo this season. right? You're really promising 16-year-old striker. Um, he's clearly 
you know, after Abu Kani, who's now injured, what we think is the, the best of the crop at the young forwards. Um, repeatedly on Saturdays, he's not playing for the under-18s. Which, you know, while it's fantastic he's around the first-team environment, um, and, you know, he's come on at MK, huge stadium, he's come on at Reading in a big atmosphere, um, and acquitted himself quite well, but, you know, players like that, 16 is so young, they need to be learning amongst their peer group until they're ready. But here we are. He's kind of an essential part of the squad, frankly, as the fourth striker, because we chose to sell ours. And then we put in a absolute Lee Power textbook token bid for Josh Umara up at Hartlepool to try and appease a few people. Absolutely criminal. I think the this problem is, is... This is 100% on the ownership of the football club. You set the budget, who steer the recruitment. Ugh. There's your sigh. Oh, no. Even the famous sigh is getting a derision. There you go. There you go, listeners. You've had one now. Hope you enjoyed it. For that one. Talk, to, talk to me, JR. Well, I'm, t- well, I'm where, just like, well, my head is that thinking that you're quite right to say people are saying, when will Flynn get uh, a portion of the blame by his own rhetoric? <clears throat> and whether we believe it to be true or not, I think a lot of us don't believe it to be true that, you know, the buck stops with him for transfers, but that's the, he, that's the line he's towed all season is to say that everything stops with him and he's the one who chooses who's coming in. Whether he gets to choose, you know, what the what the package looks like, he doesn't clarify, but he's very clear to say that the recruitment is there with him. He's happy to cover and make excuses for why people aren't coming in, which has probably made him a good enough to employee to earn his uh, earn his deal. If the rumours were as they were on the weekend that he gets offered a new deal and everyone else is still waiting for their paycheck to materialise, that's not going to do anything for morale so even though it may not be actually his remit, he's made it out to be his remit, so by his own by his own steed, he's kind of hoisted himself to be criticised and I think that that doesn't exempt him uh, from I, that. I, I do take your point, and he was more than happy to take credit for Young and Kemp you know, when they were getting the early season plaudits. Um, God, we're going to leave too. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're seeing on the pitch, the, the muddle of a selection at MK, the muddle of a back line from the start against Oldershot, Flynn has to take responsibility for those things, which were damaging on both, both match days. Um... But yeah, you know, he's not going to get the stick that a manager would if things were functioning well off the pitch. Um, if things were functioning well off the pitch, you know, a sooner manager at this level with this record, six wins, five draws, five defeats, you know, things would, get, things would be getting sticky now for a manager. And what's what's telling from watching tonight is is it fair to say that you know you've just watched Colchester as you say being uh, stewarded by Matthew Everington? Is it fair to say that Garner got the boot for less? Um, well, given Colchester have just won three on the trot and they're still halfway up, you know, I think I think Garner's time was done there. Full stop. <laughs> um. No, what what it is is a big period ahead on field because actually, you know, home to top of the league, Stockport County, that's looking more than daunting. Up to Harrogate without shading Khan. We've got Lake Tracy and Hutton, if they get booked against Stockport, missing Harrogate too. Then Mansfield at home, you're having a very good season. And then Accrington away on a Tuesday, which, you know, as you've seen tonight, this squad isn't great with the Saturday-Tuesday turnaround. 
you think back to Notts County where we were absolutely blooming dreadful in the first half. Um, Chillingham at home recently has come into quite a tame 1-0 defeat. Tonight at Colchester, surrendering it in the second half. Oh, how much blame do we push into the players? You've basically got Godwin Malief and Blake Tracy have played every minute, is it, in the league? Hutton, I think, has played every minute in the league. Kekrin and Khan, very demanding area of the pitch, played most. Kemp has played nearly every minute in the league. Austin, he got 20 minutes off tonight. But he'd also played 90-odd against Oldershot, where he really shouldn't have been on the pitch. We should have hauled him off, frankly, as soon as it went to silly numbers against Oldershot. Anyone of value could have got off and rested him. Oh. Yeah, they're just everyone's running on gas. Certainly it's, are. Oh, oh, I'm just despondent. It's well, going to be that... a long run to January, folks. It certainly will be. Do you want to hear some listener feedback? Please, come on. I love our listeners. Okay, I maybe, maybe some of these might enthusiastic contributors. So come on, let's go. Me too. From the you know the old Ben Wills days, they were classic, weren't they? Um, Rich did ask very kindly, Rich or Dave asked um, if people could keep it to uh, five words or less. I think about ninety percent of people didn't do that, but mm-hmm. there were some good five worders here. Um, Doug Doug Copestake says pissed off, knackered. Average players that fits five words very nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. Our friends at Fools Rush In say pathetic, rubbish, no character. Uh, Andy uh, uh, at Bennett Caru says tired, threadbare squad, big sigh. We've heard plenty of those today. Uh, Craig says depressingly predictable slump in form. And our good friend Mr. Simon Goodall says shit, 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 <laughs> and shit. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, uh, Michelle says, piss poor, uninterested, team detached. Now, there's a word that does keep uh, keep cropping up and has been fitted in very neatly into five words um, from Neil uh, at Northatch, who says relegation is a real possibility and he's not the only person to bring that as a likelihood i look i i can tell this is this has been a a glum record but this could be a contender for glummest episode going even even terry and rich managed to raise some cheer from uh older shot but there's nothing really amusing to be had from tonight there was no there's no ironically uh funny moments or the spectacle of it there's not really a lot there. If something doesn't change quickly, and I guess the thing that I'm clinging to is to feel that if all this news is starting to come to a head, I'm starting to wonder if whatever's whatever's in the tunnel can't be that far away. If they're if the custodians of the club currently are deciding that they are not putting stuff in, are putting themselves in, you know, under restrictions of how much that they'll put in either hints that they're fed up and closing up shot or it hints that something is more imminent. And that's maybe what I'm clinging to. I guess the question is, is if that is the case, we still have to wait for January to make any real head of it. And is that, is that near enough or is that too far? Well, even in a happy path timeline where, a prospective takeover happens, these things aren't quick. I suppose best case is the new ownership comes in, you have a lively January and you finish the season with some real momentum and feel good. A bit like Gillingham last year when they got the new ownership in in January. Made sign-ins, got that boost, climbed the league steadily. I'm not saying we're quite in as dire straits as what Chillingham were um, going into last January. But, you know, as we've said tonight, what's that league table going to look like going into January? 
it's kind of hard to see how you arrest this slump because the problems are squad size, fatigue, injuries starting to pile up now. Um, I suppose the the tiniest glimmer of hope from tonight is that actually that that first half was pretty steady. It was pretty good, um, albeit against you know bang average opposition in Colchester. What if? Um, what if? If if we could put if we could put two halves out like the first half, it, you could credibly say you might get a draw on Saturday against Stockport, but you know you can't just stick these eleven lads in an oxygen tent between Wednesday and Saturday. Um, yeah, the problems will still be there on Saturday. You know, Stockport haven't had a midweek game, to my knowledge. Certainly not a league game, anyway. Um, they're going to be fresher than Swindon on Saturday, and Khan is but one man. You know, he's had a rest tonight, but you know, he can't he can't save an entire middle of the pitch. So then, you know, I I I I feel like I echo Terry's sentiments. Actually, <laughs> on the weekend, it feels like. On the pitch, definitely things could get grimmer before they get better. Um, I think if things can happen at pace off field, all the better, because this current Swindon ownership are toast. Um, it's almost to the point where you hope you know, things are going so dire, they want to recoup their money and, and get out. What, what's left from here? I guess you know, we're all we, kind were of say, we were saying two or three months ago, like they've lied. Credibility's gone, the trust's gone. Um, how did they come back from this? That's what um, I was going to prompt you about with your yeah. with your old trust head, Dan, is to say that for us as fans, where do we where do we go from here? Well, I read the trust statement earlier. Um, first thing to say despite their protestations in the statement, the deathly silence that there's been in the last four or five days hasn't been a good sign. It, it suggests to me anyway, having seen some of the inner workings of an organisation like that from my past role, it suggests there's probably conflicts amongst the board members. Um, my rallying call to the trust what's left of their credibility in holding Clemore Fooney and co to account just remember your purpose what is your reason for being a supporters trust it is to serve the supporters the members who pay that money into you every single month and that includes me I put my five pound in every month so I'm going to use my voice I feel like in the last 12 to 18 months, the balance has been all wrong. It is a supporters trust there to serve the club and the club have taken advantage of that massively. When repeatedly the trust are being ignored, after the share news broke uh, a couple of months ago, Clem took three or four weeks to even acknowledge their questions, let alone respond. You've seen in their statement today, they're trying to get access to the uh, financial records. Still haven't. You know, at some point, once you've been batted away and batted away and ignored and ignored and treated abhorrently by someone who is your partner in the joint venture that owns the ground, when are you going to get some teeth? When are you going to become more militant? That statement today was still so passive. Well, we've asked, you know, we haven't got the answers. We can't disprove it. I suppose the only crumb of comfort there is it sounds like they are starting to get a drip feed of uh, intelligence and information. 
please support us just board. Go after this lot. Hold them to a much higher level of account because of how they've acted in the last three or four months, because of how they've lied, because of how they've treated supporters with disdain. Because, frankly, if we don't see some positive front foot action from our supporters trust, why should I carry on putting my £5 in? What good are they doing? Get some teeth, put your big boy pants on, and start holding this club, this ownership, to account. Because it's too important. I love this club, and it's driving me mad. I think a lot yeah. of people can can feel. <laughs> I'm still here. I think a lot of people can feel <laughs> can feel that in your voice. Um, look, time is coming on. I hope that that was cathartic for you. I hope that you. uh, you're feeling is. refreshed. Um, I'll close <laughs> on a lovely little poem that uh, Steve Collins has sent us um, with a tribute to uh, another great poet, Lisa Simpson. Here, he writes: "We had a dream of promotion. It died. It died." Clem said the budget was competitive. He lied, he lied. Why, oh why, are our promotion dreams dead? Couldn't Clem have bought Oxford instead? That's a nice little ending, isn't there? Dan, I'll let you go, and I'll see just how long this record is. Take care, and speak to you soon. Thanks, JR. Cheers, all. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.